Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the transfiguration of Jesus and his disciples. I want you to go with me for just a few minutes upon the top of a high mountain. And just pretend with me that you are maybe James or John or Peter. And the Lord Jesus, your master, the rabbi, the one whom Peter and you had agreed with him, had confessed just a few days earlier, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, has invited you to go with him on top of the mountain. The rest of the disciples have been left at the foot of the mountain, and you get to ascend the mountain with the master. And there the master begins to pray. He begins to talk to his father. You've seen him do this before in ways you do sometimes pray with him and other times you're listening to him and sometimes you become drowsy as he speaks in such free converse and dialogue with the father. And as Jesus is speaking to the father, you suddenly realize that something is happening because his face begins to change in even his clothes. In faces, his face becomes so bright, so lustrous, so glorious, that it's like the sun at the middle of the day. It's so bright. It's with the brightest it can be. And his clothes become transformed. They become pure as white can be. He is like a light himself. And this light is not being a reflection upon him. It is coming from within his very body. You are seeing your master transformed before your very eyes. And as you are watching this majestic sight, two other personages appear beside him. And because of of the language they're speaking, because of the topic they're talking about, Maybe because of the way they present themselves. You know that they're Moses, the great mediator of the old covenant, and Elisha, that great prophet who had campaigned for God on the top of the mountain. And they're talking with Jesus. And as you listen to them, you're hearing them discuss his upcoming exodus, his exit, his leaving. It's a glorious sight. At the same time, it's a sight that you don't know what to do with. And as if this wasn't enough, there is a cloud that appears. A cloud that begins to envelop him and begins to envelop you. And you are enveloped in this cloud and you become terrified, terror-stricken. And in the midst of the cloud, you hear the voice. You hear the voice of God himself as he says, This is my beloved son, my chosen. Listen to him. You become terrified and fall face down on the ground. You're shaking when there's a hand that's laid upon you and a voice that speaks to you. You know that voice. It's the voice of the master himself. And he tells you, peace. He tells you that it's okay. He tells you, I'm right here. Let me hear you from the word of God. Luke 
chapter 9. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. Or listen to this account from Mark. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with him, but Jesus only. Jesus only. Now that's the experience. What is this that you've seen? What is this conversation that you've overheard? What is this voice and this cloud and this command? What is this? Now, think back. Let's pretend. Let's pretend that we are more in our emotions than they probably were. That we can recall at that moment of ecstasy something that had happened a few days before. A few days before, Jesus had asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they had said, the common opinion, you are a prophet. Everyone pretty much agrees. Jesus was a prophet of God. He was far more than that. And so he drew it out of them. And Peter makes the great confession, you are the Messiah. You're the promised one. You're the one that God had said he would send to redeem his people. You're the one who will establish the very kingdom of God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus has spoken to you and said, this is true. But flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. Now you have in your mind that this son of David, this Christ, is going to go now to Jerusalem. He's going to establish the kingdom. And he's going to reign over the geopolitical structure of Israel. He's going to throw off their enemies and become supreme in the world. Oh, the dawning of the kingdom. So you have questions about the kingdom. You've heard Jesus' preaching has always been about the kingdom of God. And here you are with the king of the kingdom of God. But your ideas of how that kingdom will be established is not the way God will do it. That's the meaning of the conversation that you're overhearing on the mountain. You hear Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus about his exodus He's going to Jerusalem to suffer. He's going to Jerusalem to die. He's going to Jerusalem to, after that to be raised from the dead and to be exalted back into the glory of heaven from whence he had come. You are hearing heavenly messengers confirming to Christ the way of salvation that he will enact with his own Passover in the days ahead. But this is something that's outside of your frame of reference. It's not something you can easily digest or accept or even want to believe. But now you've seen Christ in his glory. What the transfiguration does, you see, is it lets you see the inner core of your master. And that inner core is his godness, that he is the incarnate word of the living God. This was not a reflected light upon him. This is the light that came from within him. You were eyewitnesses of his majesty, 
you got to see the outshining of his glory. There's something else also. You know because of the witness of Moses that this is the prophet that Moses said would come. This is the one who would have the word of God because he is the word of God and that when he speaks, God speaks. This is the prophet who was to come. And this is the Lamb of God. This is the one whom God has sent that will crush the head of the serpent. This is true. But you don't can grasp all of it because primarily the predominant thought in your mind is he's king in the worldly political sense that you think rather than a king who will gain the throne by going to the cross who will have the crown upon his head, the crown of the glory of his resurrection and the crown of his glory of the ascension into heaven. And one day you will see that kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and he will have upon his head the crown of glory of the consummation of the kingdom of God. You see in that glimpse of Christ's glory on the mountain, what you see in miniature for a few moments, for a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I don't know how long it lasted, but you got to see the glory that's to come. You got to see in miniature the arrival of the kingdom and the glory and majesty. And that's what Jesus had said. There's some of you here who will not die before you've seen the glory of the kingdom. Now there's much more glory to come, but ah, the sight, the glimpse of the outshining of Christ that's glory, and that's the dawning of the majesty of the kingdom of God. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Look up, your redemption draws near.